welcome to Bunta Vista episode 128. Uh, I'm Andrew and I'm I'm like waving my arms around in front of me, stumbling forward because I cannot see where I'm going due to this thick, thick smoke. Uh, it's hurting my eyes, can't see 10 feet in front of me. I'm just stumbling around, uh, calling out, Lucy, Lucy. Oh, we laugh, folks, but this is this is serious business, Andrew. You're japing, you're jacking aping over here. It's terrible is stuff you, going Lucy? on. Is that you, Lucy? Is that you scolding me from the mist? Andrew is always jacking aping, isn't he? <laughs> sure oh, is. jacking it as an ape would. Yes, that's right. Hello, yes. I'm here. It is me scolding. Someone's got to do it. It's a tough job. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, madam. May I have another? <laughs> Uh, and now the two of us are holding hands, but in a way that indicates that we're married to other people mm. and looking around through the smoke, I hear, I hear the sound of small lungs coughing. Is that Theo? Okay. So first of all, um, my small lungs were already coughing before the, before the smoke. <laughs> That's just what my breathing sounds uh-huh. like. Sometimes oxygen is too harsh. <laughs> all right. I don't expect you to down. understand. But second of all, uh, this sucks real bad, and um, it, this is bad enough to make me feel sorry for Sydney side as the worst people on earth. Mm. That's true. Although I will say to you that I live in Canberra, and um, like my kids have to be kept inside at school oh, all day oh, the, cool. for the last like week or so, and I say to Sydney, "Take your smoke back. Stop sending it down here." Not that it's even Sydney's smoke, really. It's just, uh, say, the whole eastern seaboard of Australia, pretty much. Super normal. Everything's you good. Getting, you guys getting anything up in Brisbane? Yeah. Uh, we only little bits and pieces. It's not as bad here, but we've certainly had days um, where it's been uh, smoky. But not like um, wiggling the hazardous needle smoky as it mm. has been in Sydney and Wollongong and all down the coast there. Uh, just just normal smoky where you're just reminded that that's uh, the place that you live that is on fire. Yep. Uh, whereas in Sydney, I believe the the like level of hazardousness to the air, that is a word, mm-hmm. um, something like 11 times the safe level. Yeah, and then you add the smoke on top of that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fucked up. Like, um, it's no good. It's it is not a jackanaping subject to be fair because like I'm I am experiencing what is a pretty mild version of it which is that I get up in the morning and look out my window and I'm like oh uh, I can't really see the houses two blocks away um, and it smells like smoke both in and out of my house and I foolishly um, like cycled to work last week because I got up and I got ready to go and everything but all the curtains were closed Um, and so it was like the time I had to leave and then I finally like pulled back the curtains and went Uh, and it was not great and then I said well I'm an idiot so I'm gonna ride to work anyway and I rode to work um, gasping all the way and then for the next couple of days I just felt like I had heartburn for like a couple of days straight. Oh, God. Um, I was like, man, everything I eat is giving me worse heartburn than normal. Um, and then at a point I was like, wait a minute. Heartburn is when your stomach acid just 
damages your esophagus? I guess uh, so. so I, I think. I guess I've just damaged my esophagus with um, riding for an hour or so in very hazardous smoke, like an idiot. But just for that sense of perspective, I live like, a, you know, a three or four hour drive away from the place where um, it's now like setting off smoke alarms inside office buildings. God. Um, there is so much shit in the air. Which as far as like metaphors go, yeah, it's, uh, it's up there. And surely, I mean, we're all taking this in the spirit of uh, seriousness that such a uh, horrible kind of uh, disaster would um, require, right? Well, you'd think it would propel some sort of action, some kind of state of emergency, if you will. You would think that. We'd all think that. With our big mm. brains rattling around in our skulls, we would kick them into gear and we'd say, what is an appropriate response to this? Um, so luckily, you know, we have, a, we have a bold, decisive leader in the form of Scott Morrison, who loves to say things like, hey, let's get a round of prayers going for some rain. Which, you know, <sighs> no offense yeah. to you if you're a big time Jesus head. You know, I think you can be working a little bit. It's like you know that's fine if that, if that's your business and you're not bothering anybody. That's fine. You know, it seems like but, we need that and some other stuff. And maybe mm. like a I, I just I don't think it's a policy. That's all. I'm maybe just things, saying some things involving uh, the mechanisms of state being used. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of other like also quite fatal issues that we've already sort of decided the thoughts and prayers aren't really doing anything about. So it's weird to kind of say, well, what if we tried it on something like down a notch or two? But but by the same token, where do you think rain comes from? The sky, the heavens. We'll get this. We're doing it. Who's up there, huh? Uh, The big woman herself, God. I'm progressive. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> uh, so, Scott Morrison fucking sucks. Um, so, this is from The Guardian from a couple of weeks ago. Because these fires have been going on for a month now, basically. Uh, Scott Morrison has argued there is no direct link between Australia's greenhouse gas emissions and the severity of fires ravaging the continent, even suggesting Australia could increase its emissions without making the current fire season worse. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Cool, let's just That's do it good, again. Good do it some more. Love science. I fucking love science.com or whatever the Facebook mm-hmm. page is, you know. Under pressure due to a record season of early bushfires and the accusation by a coalition of former fire chiefs that the government has avoided the issue of climate change, Morrison said on Thursday there was no, quote, credible scientific evidence that cutting Australia's emissions could reduce the severity of bushfires. Hmm. Just no credible scientific evidence. Yeah, I think um, both uh, both Greg Jericho and friend of the show, Katan Joshi, have, have both kind of been talking about this recently, that there's this weird kind of, weird kind of break here in between um, people saying, hey, climate change is, you know, exacerbating and prolonging our bushfire seasons. Um, it is making our climate hotter and drier and this all leads to more fuel and more risk of fires, all that kind of thing. Um, maybe we should be trying 
to do something about our contributions to to global warming, uh, to climate change. But conservative politicians then take the sort of opposite side of like, well, you know, Australia is not doing all of the emissions in the world. So even if we got rid of all of our emissions, that wouldn't get rid of all of the emissions mm, in the world. What about India? They love to say, what about India? What about China? They mm. love their coal. And... This, of course, seems to miss this crucial step in the middle, which is like, what if we reduced our emissions and we also worked with other countries to get them to reduce their emissions too? Mm. Um, it's almost mm. like it requires some kind of collective effort. No, I mean, what, the what we do is we can just dig it up, all the coal that we've got there. Uh, and then we can put that uh, on a ship and send that to a different country... Oh, so it's not in Australia anymore. It's not in Australia anymore. And that's, not Australia's and, problem. And we've made it uh, not Australia's problem. And that's certainly, I think, been the message that we've seen um, both from the government, but also from, like, Joel Fitzgibbon, uh, who is the uh, shadow minister for resources. Um, and, and, like, so just see him uh, standing, like, shoulder to shoulder with Matt Canavan, uh, just chilling out with some coal buddies, getting some coal jobs going, like, you know... Let's let's employ a thousand people doing doing this and just at the most tone deaf time as well. It just seems bizarre that that would this would be the time that they go out on a big kind of um, meet and greet and campaign and that sort of thing. But Joel Joel Fitzgibbon's certainly been on Twitter as well, talking the exact line that you're you're talking as well. You know, to say hey, um, we only produce 03 percent of the world's um, CO2 emissions, uh, by which I assume that he means that we uh, actually burn that um, within our borders mm-hmm. and release that carbon into, into the uh, thing, um, kind of alighting the fact that we are 1.3% of the population, so we are um, you doing know, our fair share. Doing our fair share, uh, overrepresentative by a f- factor of four and a bit, um, as well as all of the stuff that we, that we want to dig up and send elsewhere and, and making the point that, hey, if we're not going to dig it up, someone else will. And it's like, no, that's not the way that it works with a finite resource. Uh, if there's only so much coal to go around, uh, if you don't dig the stuff up that is under the ground, it doesn't get burnt. That's like, and this is a very difficult uh, line to walk while half the country is, is on fire, uh, but it's certainly a bipartisan line that uh, the ALP uh, seems to hell-bent on walking hand-in-hand with the coalition at the moment. Very weird stuff. And like you said, Greg Jericho online um, has been, uh, so from, from The Guardian, uh, has been very much jumping on this and being like, hey, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, but it doesn't really seem to be getting the push pushback from other journalists in the mainstream media. Um, and, and I think a lot of people are very um, a bit despondent about the lack of questioning that's going on at this time of, of the of our politicians. Like now's the time to ask those sharp questions like, hey, what are you why why are you saying these things right now? Um, like right this very fucking second while we are in the situation that we're in, but it doesn't seem to be happening. Well, yeah, Scott Morrison held two different press conferences in a row today where he did not get asked by a journalist about the bushfire. Yeah, this is the shit we're talking about. Weak. Weak as piss. So, um, this is, this is from today. 
the Prime Minister has rejected calls for more help from f- for firefighters as the New South Wales bushfire crisis is expected to worsen. There were 85 fires burning across New South Wales on Tuesday and 42 were uncontrolled. Oh my God, that's terrifying. With predictions of temperatures surpassing 40 degrees Celsius and a wind change for the afternoon, firefighters, oh, firefighters expected conditions to deteriorate. Um, hey, did we all catch that video of the fire tornado? Did not see a fire tornado. I don't, don't think I wish to see no, it. No, I don't need fire tornado in my life. Mm. I understand that there is a fire tornado uh, somewhere. That's it's not out my there pro- and that's, that's upsetting enough. That's very upsetting to me, but it's also not my problem to deal with. I feel like I can deal with the fire tornado in the abstract, not in the specific. Okay. Uh, so, as smoke brought the city's air quality to more than 11 times the hazardous level, Scott Morrison spoke in Sydney about the Religious Discrimination Bill. That's right, Poor that very guy. important thing that God, we all need to talk about. Shit. Well, the, the fucked thing about this as well is that the entire reason that the Religious Discrimination Bill seemed to get kicked off was because, as has been discussed on this show multiple times, um, Israel Falau fundamentalist Christian uh, rugby union player got fired f- by uh, Rugby Australia for all of his inflammatory posts saying hey if you are gay or trans or foreign or uh, Muslim or whatever you're going to hell and like they just settled they just settled out of court apologized to each other and said oh our collective bad it's also it's also fun to note that he um, is of the opinion that the bushfires are raging because because of the uh, gays. We passed, mm. no, because of the gays. Um, yes, we have strayed from God's light. Which is which is weird because it's never for the reasons that kind of work against them. It's never f- like this is our punishment for electing Scott Morrison, yeah. mm. for example. This is our punishment for. Um, you know, abandoning our future generations through our selflessness and, and greed. Uh, no, this is uh, the thing that I don't like. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, they settled out of court, uh, leading us all to ask, so do we even need that whole religious discrimination bill thing if apparently these people were able to resolve it with the laws they have available? Uh, but no, that's what he's out there getting on about. Quote, these fires have been going on for some months now, and when I was speaking with the commissioner on the weekend out where we have the mega fire at the moment, we were talking cool through word. the crew rotations, he said. Cool word to think about. Mega fire. Mega I hope fire. that doesn't mega bump fire. into the fire NATO. Mm. Mm. Um, he rejected suggestions that volunteer firefighters who reportedly make up the largest volunteer firefighting force in the world should be professionalized. Quote, the volunteer effort is part of a is a big part of our natural disaster response and it is a big part of how Australia has always dealt with these issues. Because oh, if there's one thing that conservatives love insisting on, it's that if a thing was one way in the past, it's that that is how that thing Hell still yes. is and how it will remain forever. Status quo, baby. I can't think about a new thing. We already have oh, so many things. We already things. have a thing. Please do not fires. introduce another. We've already got fires, buddy. Hmm. Now, I'm going to need... Uh, I'm going to need Lucy mm. to help me out here. So, he's he's responded to a question. And I would like you to help read this quote for us so that we can collectively attempt to mm. interpret what we're hearing. I've tried to Asked, pass this in my head. I, I just can't. 
Let's see if we can do it out loud. Asked about concerns about the time that volunteer firefighters are being asked to continue volunteering without pay, which is apparently like a lot of them are doing the equivalent of full-time hours while also still having jobs. Um, And there are reports that they're crowdsourcing water, um, funds, food. The Prime Minister Scott Morrison rejected the suggestion that the federal government could do more. Speaking in Sydney a few minutes ago, Morrison said... No, I don't share that view because I know what the practice is and I know what the experience is and I know what's happening on the ground. And I know that whether it's the ADF or any other agency of the Commonwealth, all of those agencies, our efforts have been channeled and coordinated into the response of the state and territory staff on the ground. That is what is set up. That is what was intended to be set up and that is operating and I am pleased with the way those arrangements are being worked out and if there is any other matter that would need to be addressed it would be raised with the commonwealth because there is a direct line to make sure that happens Hmm. (laughs) he knows what the practice is he knows Uh what the experience is he knows what's happening on the ground well that's what's intended to be set up well it's Mm. been channeled and coordinated into a response we've raised it it's been oh. set up and it's been intended to be set up. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this is in line with what the experience is and what is happening. Mm. So, um, so, no, I think is the answer there. I think no is probably the uh, the short answer of it, yeah. Could it just be one word? No? Mm. No. God, he's no. just so incompetent. It's almost... I, it's hard to read these things. I didn't watch the video. It's difficult to like watch him in action because he's s- deeply should not be in this job for so many reasons. This is a man that should not be prime minister. It's, he, like like Tony Abbott before him. Um, maybe maybe even Malcolm Turnbull too. It's really hard not to get the sense from the string of. Um, Liberal Party leaders that have been in most recently. It's really hard not to get the impression that they are not all like the 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 dog that caught the car. Yeah, they all seem like men who have been primarily driven by ambition to hold power and to be the leader of both the political party and the country. Um, and then they've got in there, and it seems as though the entire thing has just been about being a small target. Minimizing the things that you are being asked to do, the things that you are promising that you're going to do, um, refusing to offer any kind of detail or forethought on any sort of policy, to have any kind of vision for where the country's going. But I feel like that even even making yourself a small target, like the small target thing here, right, would be to say, yes, um, we are going to, you know, funnel some of the tax cuts that we've made historically uh, into a... Um, you know, just make it up. It doesn't matter, right? But into a federal fire funding, uh, firefighting fund, uh, let alone like nationalizing the, the firefighting effort or, or whatever, right? But there's a particular kind of, of depressing when um, the people who hold the reins of power are the people who believe that the mechanisms of power should not actually be used to help anybody, Right, like the the goal of government is basically to do nothing, is to be there to make sure that 
the government doesn't actually do anything so that private enterprise can flourish, right? And this yep. is when you're staring down the the barrel of something that's very difficult um, to base around a profit motive, right? It's very difficult to sell as something that, um, you know, we can uh, make into like an agile workspace or some fucking bullshit, right? They're just totally lost with the concept that, hey, maybe the government itself has to do a thing. Maybe the government has to exist for a reason, and that reason is to uh, properly fund uh, and staff the firefighters who are braver than the cops by a million times. They do do better work than just about anybody else out there who are not getting paid for the you know for for doing for saving lives. Maybe that's something that that is worthwhile, even just making an exception for. And the other thing that's sort of come out of reading um, the, the kind of collective uh, vision of the government is that this is a thing where they can they don't even need to loop in climate change, right? It's clear as well that they are snookered as far as, oh, shit, okay, we are um, actually <clears throat> super fucked here. Like, um, let's not say it too loudly, but uh, there seems to be um, some absolutely crazy shit going on. Um, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't have spent the last, um, you know, however many years denying um, the effects of climate change on, on all of this stuff, right? But they don't even need to acknowledge this. They just have to say, whoa, there's some, you guys seen that fucking mega fire out there? Yeah, yeah, we're going to like, we're going to put some resources into it and, and like really do what we need to do to, uh, you know, save people's lives and get out there and, and sort it out without even mentioning the words climate change at all. But they seem incapable of doing that. Like they've, they're so ideologically um, blinkered to not even being able to react the smallest bit about this lest they present any kind of target um, on themselves uh, in regards to like their prior inaction on climate change. It, it just seems bizarre to me. It, like they have ways out that are compromises and they don't take them. Yep. Pretty much it's... Um yeah, they've just they've just spent so long just saying, "Hey, to do uh, anything about this in any form would be a massive failure and capitulation and huge waste of money." So, you know, now they're in a position of maybe something should happen. It's no, nope. So very cool, uh, very cool that apparently this is our future. Mm, we're all um, gonna die in climate yep. change fires, mega fires, fire tornadoes. Yep, and the other um, the other major party in opposition um, is just like, yes, we agree with everything because we don't want to get wedged on this issue. Um, you know, they lost a lot of votes in uh, Queensland over the Adani Carmichael mine and uh, the idea that a lot of jobs would be lost there because of it. But this comes back to that classic issue. They weren't going to vote for you anyway. So it's very strange to completely cripple yourself politically in order to please people that that if you say, ah, well, we'll, we'll give you the same thing as the liberals. They're like, oh, the same as the liberals, I'll just vote for the liberals. All very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of rambling incoherence, mm. uh, when asked for a response to something, uh-huh. it's been quite a while since we've checked in with resident spaghetti-headed fuck Rowan Ding. 
Uh, it's been quite a while. Now, we've talked about him in the past. We've talked about his his strange rantings about climate change on his Sky News show. Um, we've sort of looked in on some of his writing in the past. Now, what's, what's difficult to accept here is that Rowan Dean considers himself a satirist. He really does. He like, he believes himself a man shining a light, big old light, into the uh, dark kind of corners of lefty lunacy and just really ferreting it out. He thinks he's on some real Jonathan Swift type shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinks he's operating on some incredible levels. I, however, am not actually convinced that he knows what satire is. No. He I certainly think he doesn't. Th- he thinks satire is saying the things that he doesn't like, but kind of in a bit of a silly voice, so that everyone that already agrees with you agrees with you. And then just saying that someone is trans. Yeah. Mm. And then if you don't like it, you're triggered. You're actually the one that's mad and nude, not me. You can't argue with it. He's got a no, good strategy can't. there. You can't yeah, at all. You, you fell for the joke, the joke being <laughs> the thing that he is also constantly saying in a serious voice. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh... You think I'm a huge dumbass? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's actually you that is the huge dumbass and you have befooled yourself for thinking I'm a dumbass in the first place. And then it just goes on for, you know, several news cycles. Yeah. So, he's written a piece in what is theoretically a newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, the Australian Financial <laughs> Review. Now, that's satire. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> when you say a thing and you don't mean it, that's satire, baby. <laughs> that's... <laughs> So, can can I just say, if we're talking about uh, quality of writing and and why uh, you know Rowan Dean should be taken uh, taken seriously as a as a writer in mm-hmm. the same way that we would you know suck up to a leftist writer because they're you know uh, an SJW and we're not woke enough if we if we don't like them or whatever the fuck he believes, um, let's just go over this headline real quick. Mm-hmm. All right. What did he say wrong? Why Rowan didn't get a Walkley? What did uh, he say wrong? It's just... Mm, that's what Walkleys are for. They're for straight, when you say something right. But straight out, of the, straight out of the gate with just like an incredibly clumsy piece of writing that is also, uh, let's note, in the third person, even though he wrote it himself. Mm-hmm. Um, just a very, uh, very odd way to open this. Um, but then he goes and lists a whole bunch of stuff that he says that he says wrong. And um, Andrew, would you like me to to dive into this? <coughs> Go for it. Aha! Uh-huh. Because I'm excited. I think everyone really, uh, it's good to get out of your little bubble and experience, um, you know, some real incisiveness. Challenge a few of your uh, mm. preconceptions. Uh, I hate my bubble. I'm stuck oh, in my bubble. Uh, but I'd hate it if, if someone was to burst my bubble um, with some tough love and words. I would hate that. I don't mm. want it. Was it something I said? Yesterday, I eagerly scanned the winners list from the prestigious Walkley Awards for Excellence in Journalism, held on Thursday night in Sydney, convinced that it had been an administrative oversight. 
or simple human error that explained why I hadn't been invited to attend the glittering awards ceremony with a reserved seat at one of the front tables. And we'll get back to that. I think it's safe to say we will revisit that first paragraph. Um, In all likelihood, some pill-popping millennial Sheila with rainbow-coloured hair and various shards of metal inserted into her tattooed, lumpy flesh working part-time sending out the invitations on behalf of the Walkley committee so she could score an extra few brownie points from non-binary Tudor Raylene at Zia Sydney University genderqueer politics in the age of Trumpian neo-imperialist journalism studies degree had stupidly put my nominee's invitation into the wrong envelope and sent it to one of her, her two spirit pals in Marrickville because she was too off her face from consuming copious amounts of crystal meth glued to a top of a taxi at the we're all doomed in 12 years if we keep on mining coal extinction rebellion rally over the weekend these things happen it's worth pointing out that's two sentences these things happen is one sentence really impressed that you got through all those thank you um that's the professionalism we've come to expect on this show um can we touch on a few of these please very quickly um i looked up consuming copious amounts of crystal meth glued to the top of a taxi at we're all doomed in 12 years time if we keep on mining call extinction rally mm-hmm. um, to see if it was a reference to something mm. it's not i don't know why the crystal meth is glued to the top of the taxi i don't know why that is satire but it's satire okay um also just a very lazy assemblage of um like Terrible stereotypes. It's just like I don't think he understands just how lazy of a man he is. Again, just a bore. Again, this really strikes me as um, like he thinks satire or comedy is literally just saying all the kinds of people that he hates that uh-huh. disgust him. But it's in the paper. Oh, so uh, okay, that's what makes it satire. If it's cool. satire, though, that's not it's not being hateful. It's just it's when it's in the paper, though. Right. Um, so you can imagine my horror discovering after carefully poring over the entire Walkley's list more than a dozen times that no, it wasn't my imagination, but by some inexplicable and grossly unjust voting process, I'd yet again been completely overlooked. Um, I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but it is uh, entirely explicable. Uh, again, we'll get to that. Clearly, I thought to myself, I must be doing something wrong. But what? After all, I regularly comment or write about the hot-button issues that yet again have dominated this year's Walkleys. Climate change, asylum seeker, diversity and inclusion, federal politics, indigenous affairs, you name it, I've had a crack at it. Well, I mean, that's that's true. You have had a crack at it. I've had a crack at it. Mm. Thanks for your input. Thanks Um, for your input. Take climate change. Every single week for the past two years on television, I have devoted an entire 15 minutes of Sky News top-rating Sunday morning show Outsiders to exploring the vexed and incredibly complex topic of the science of our planet's climate. I look at the Uh, weather patterns. Sorry, Andrew. I I believe these are the ones where he says like, ah, but it's snowing in London. Well. More like global cooling. Uh huh. Well, I cover the latest theories and I give up to the minute reports on the empirical evidence from around the planet and even the data from outer space that points to a worrying conclusion that viewers may need to be aware of namely, that thanks to low solar activity as reported by NASA, they love that, they love it, as reported by NASA. This is NASA's own data, guys. Never mind that I've drawn uh, 
conclusions that are totally opposite to uh, what actual climate scientists have drawn. This data is from NASA, so you can't fight my conclusions. Anyway, as reported by NASA, the planet may well be in the grips of global cooling. Um, Yep. Um, So I even accurately call my investigative segment Ice Age Watch, yet no Walkley for me. What on earth am I doing wrong? Wait, can you Uh, just... Go back one one sentence. Then? Please. I call my I call my segment accurately. What? Sorry. What he accurately was? calls his investigative segment Ice Age Watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just for fun, I scrolled um, to the bottom of the article uh, and immediately found a link on the same site about how climate change is causing larger bushfires, which is increasing our carbon footprint, which is causing you know you don't you don't even have to scroll off of the page um also what the what the fuck is with papers at war with themselves right that like they're they're able to publish this sort of shit and yet like disagree with it on a different thing there's there's only one truth it's it's very very strange um but i won't slow it down too much uh take gender fluidity over the last few years in my spare time i've devoted myself to investigating the gender choices of typical australians in the pubs rsls bowling clubs supermarkets boatyards garden centers beaches parks in the middle of australia in order to observe the mating habits of of everyday australians uh-huh. uh in their natural habitat and this amazing headline grabbing scoop to share with readers namely that in most corners of this wide brown land, I discovered to my astonishment that the 101 gender identities, uh, again, there's just... Classic. It's the one class- joke that they classic. use all it's over the one, again. It's the one joke. Uh, you remember someone posted online that there was a drop down um, and you could like choose from a whole bunch of genders and then they took that number of genders and it was like 37 or, or what have you and they published it and then now um, it's liberals have 422 different genders um, instead of, you know, uh, what it actually is, is that gender is just a made-up thing that you can just say whatever. You can suits. just say whatever you like. Because well, it's a thing that we... It's, men men don't have to wear suits. It's, not it's just a, a whole thing that we, thing. we just made it up. We just um, made it up. We just made it. But... Sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to sound a little stupid here because uh, to his astonishment, um, a staggering 99.99999% uh, and he's got it approximately in brackets there, right? So you can tell he's having fun with it, but having he also hasn't done any real research. Um, of so-called average Aussies have settled on only two, male and female. That's it. Yet no Walkley for me. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, take Indigenous Affairs. After a lengthy investigative report into the lifestyle and customs of Stone Age people from around the world via the in-depth resource of Wikipedia. Um, so... Uh, he's not even going to the point of like clicking on a second link from Wikipedia and claiming that's his source. He's just sourcing Wikipedia, which is you know an instant fail. Oh, if you're incredible! Putting this on uh, in in uni, I made a fascinating discovery, which I believe to be in critical importance for today's younger idealistic generations to be informed of, namely that prior to the arrival of such seemingly petty and insignificant items as electricity, education, telecommunications, medicine technology, the rule of law, democracy, and so on, rather than living in an idealized kumbaya-style existence of peace, love, and harmony, life in pre-colonial times was mired in violence, sexual abuse, disease, and starvation. Unbelievable and frightening stuff, yet still no Walkley for me. I 
feel like there's almost too much to get into. Um, just, there. just genuinely, genuinely turning this thing, which I guess was originally supposed to be a joke about. Why didn't I? Why didn't I get a Walkley? And it's yeah, literally and I, just turned into I'm a not laundry enough, list. Blah, blah, blah. It's literally just a laundry list of who can I just rattle off my bigotry against throughout uh-huh. this thing. And so it's almost as if that's what it is, Andrew. I'm sure there's probably more to it that we're missing because we're just dumb liberals in our liberal bubble. But uh, you know. Um, Take contemporary political events, such as the recent federal election. As has been well documented, not a single journalist, pollster or commentator at the ABC, The Guardian, The Sydney Morning Herald or The Australian accurately predicted the result. Yet there I was, slaving away every Monday night for nine months on the Paul Murray live show, vehemently predicting for the benefit of viewers that Scott Morrison would win. So just by chance, like the thing that his his ideology like lined up with came true uh not from any like data or anything that he possesses uh just because that's what happens with a broken clock twice a day mm-hmm. um so he gave his detailed analysis of why including bill shorten was a dope and chris bowen a buffoon yep that's uh, not not analysis um <laughs> this of course me being um followed of course me being virtually alone predicting donald trump's victory and the brexit vote yet still no walkley for me ever I just don't get it. Uh, little reply from the Walkleys Foundation here, um, possibly a little elucidating. Hi, Rowan. Thanks for the shout out and your financial review column on Saturday. One thing you missed in your research is that the Walkley Awards are self nominated. <laughs> <sighs> Since you didn't enter, the judges couldn't consider your work. Such a fucking loser. I just- <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. I feel like he's, he acts like he's joking about this, but there is definitely a part of him that is genuinely annoyed that he's not nominated for a Walkley. Yeah, like, like he believes that he, his writing is genuinely worth Brilliant. Yeah. awarding. It's clever. Like, uh, I just... I, I find this whole thing simultaneously confusing and confused. I find it to be, you know, like, like he's... He's complaining about not getting a Walkley, but it's also obviously, you know, just meant to be a, a snide dig at what he sees as, you know, the clicky uh, insider's media to his outsider's thing. Um, but at the same time, he's also clearly attempting to say, oh, why didn't I get a Walkley? It's because I said all of these things that are outside the mainstream. Yeah. I said I've these things. i you. I said these things that you're not supposed to say, like all this gender stuff is bullshit. All this made up stuff that is not yeah, rooted and all, in any all facts. These, all these fucking, like, like yeah, he's, he's rattling off these things. Gender stuff, indigenous stuff, climate change stuff, all of the, you know, what he sees as the pet causes of the culture wars and the left wing and everything, despite him spending every fucking waking moment talking about it. But, like... In, in trying to sort of put forward the idea that, oh, you know, I talk about this stuff that I'm not supposed to talk about or that it's unpalatable to other people, he literally just turns it into, here is, a, here is an actual laundry list of my prejudices. It is just him saying, like, feminists who haven't made themselves attractive to be pleasing to my eye are disgusting to me. Uh, that like he's talking about their lumpy skin, their lumpy flesh. 
non-binary people are, are gross and confusing to him. Um, indigenous people are savages, savages who are saved by colonial mm. fucking... Like, he's really and, just and, a disgusting person. Yeah, and the, like like he's he somehow manages to get from, you know, this shit to climate change to indigenous people should be thanking us for colonizing them. Somebody we fucking gets this one into it. We save them with our medicine and murder. You can just like, say anything in Australia. You can say anything you like. It's my point though, is that like I I I talked about this online when this article came out and I just said it it just it just staggers me. It staggers me that this is a thing that a seemingly serious newspaper would publish. The Australian Financial Review. And, you know, uh, I, I said, this is like, is it, is, is it a joke? Does he think it's funny or whatever? It's literally just his, his prejudices laid out on this thing. And managing editor of the Sydney Morning Herald, Ben Cubby, replied to me and said, that's kind of his shtick. Oh, God. And I was like, when when a colonist whose stuff you're printing, when their, their shtick is, check out my racism. It's like, like if you, like, if your company employed Buffalo Bill and you got online and were like, hey, uh, you don't want, don't want to really be throwing stones here or anything like that, but what's the whole deal with him uh, keeping women in a well under <laughs> his house? What's the... It's just his thing. Just <laughs> they don't have to put the lotion on their skin. He's just, he's doing a bit. <laughs> he's doing a bit. And like, I guess, I guess my point with this is very simply two things. Number one, just saying the thing that you actually think isn't satire. Uh, just saying. Because like, it's, it's also self-congratulatory and back padding about Hey, everything that I say about climate change oh, is real absolutely. and true, and yeah. you know, and that oh, I'm brave enough to say that fucking indigenous people deserved whatever they got from us, and also all this gender stuff is bullshit. These are all things he believes, um, even if he's sort of attempting to write it in some kind of vaguely funny way. This is just stuff he believes. He's just cataloging his bigotry and putting it in a fucking newspaper, and like, I, it's just incomprehensible to me that the editor of a major newspaper would say oh that's just that's just like his shtick he winds people up and they get mad about it and they get some clicks and blah 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 the idea that that's just acceptable as a business model extremely cool Um, I will just say one one thing um, and that is uh, the Walkleys are for journalists Mm. yep so that's not what he is. So no, he not in any sense whatsoever. Like, if you were judging a contest for the shiniest hippo or what have you, right? Uh, you would need to be hippo in the first place. He's he is not he's not anything except a man that just writes his opinion and then it gets printed out on the page. It's there's nothing that does not make you a journalist, right? Like. And funnily enough, he points it out over and over in the article where he's like, oh, well, I just went down to the pub and asked some people uh, and they said, oh, no, there's a man and a woman. So, you know, that's it. Right. That's not cool. That's not journalism. There's nothing journalistic about that. And he may revel in this. Right. And uh, enjoy that kind of tag. 
but it doesn't make him any less of a dumbass. Not, not, not in the slightest. Just hugely stupid shit. Just hey, a real piece of, uh, of shit. Oh, absolute, absolute piece of shit. And yeah, I just it, like perfectly emblematic of like all the things that are wrong with Australia's media class. Yes. Um, that if you just if you've been around for long enough, you can have a job. It doesn't matter if you're doing anything of any worth or value or whatever. If you're in with the right person, you can stay there. And that other figures from within media, if you talk about this, will say, oh, well, that's his deal. That's the thing. It's this guy's deal. So, like, I don't know. It's it's the whole, it's the whole sort of thing of, like, like we often talk about with conservatives of, oh, you know, very right-wing people of going, my thing is that I'm going to deliberately say the worst shit I can think of to offend people. And then when people say, that's pretty offensive... You go, ha! I got you. You've or, been or as had. Ben or as Ben pointed out, um, when your reaction is, "Huh, that's weird." Yeah. That's yeah. a strange thing to say. Very strange thing. You go, oh, oh, are you are you triggered? Is this triggering you? This is the other joke I know. Are you triggered? There's the triggering. Well, it, like this this article to me, um, this article to me is like a very like borderline incomprehensible long form version of the alt right okay sign thing. Where it's just a joke. That's just it's, a joke about something. Yeah, we where, truly where they believe. said, "Oh, we're going, we're going to do this thing, um, and convince people that doing this is a racist hand signal. We're going mm-hmm. to like, we're going to generate all of this writing and stuff that says this is a racist hand symbol and we're going to distribute that to people. We're going to gather a whole bunch of racists into the one spot and make sure everybody sees us all doing the... We're going to get people from Breitbart and everything Mm -hmm. to do it. And then when people say, hey, I read this thing that that's actually a racist hand signal, they go, ha, you believed I was doing something racist. I got you. When in fact I was only pretending to do a thing that we made into a racist thing. So who's the fool now? Probably not me. Yeah, it was like this, this, this satire to me is functionally the same thing to say, I'm going to write an article in which I gleefully go on about all of the minorities that disgust me on a personal level. And then when people say, this is fucked up, why are you printing that? It's like, got you, got you, you think I'm a racist now and you're accusing me of being a racist and also uh, a climate change denier. And also a sexist and a homophobe and a transphobe. And, and my hair looks like spaghetti. Big, dumb, spaghetti run. No one watches my show. <laughs> Nobody watches this show. It's, look, not about what you know. It's who you know. That's all I'm saying. Now, I have a question. Mm. Question for you, Lucy. Oh, no. When it comes to other writers that we've talked about in the past who we find pretty baffling (laughs) do you have something for us from another one of those are you hoping to hear this little treat that i have placed in the notes i would love a treat i would love a treat that is uh more benign than the one Mm. that i've just been forced to it's our favorite bridget henry's sitting at your feet he's (laughs) pointing his head up at you he just desperately wants to hear that bridget delaney story he wants a treaty Hands outstretched, cupped in front of me. Who are you to deny him? 
people in the Discord. Place a little treaty. They want the treaty too. People love to talk about Bridget in the Discord. So I'm bringing some back because uh, I went to her recent articles. I've just got a little excerpt because she has written an article about the Christmas party season. A comedic article about your work Christmas parties. I'll dive right in. It's Christmas party season, and by now HR should have sent an all-staff email warning you that it is a work function and an appropriate standard of conduct is expected. Much of the focus is rightly on sexual harassment and bullying, but there are plenty of other ways to have your night and career ruined. As the veteran of 147 jobs, truly, can we just pause on that? I'm just, I'm trying to do the math here. I don't think I've done 147 different things, <laughs> let alone jobs. I probably get hired at a place and do three or four things before moving on. This just That's cannot it. be true. No. It cannot possibly be true. Anyways, she has catalogued the ways you can torpedo your career or at least have regrets the next day at the office Christmas party. So I've just got the first section from this article because it is quite a paragraph. So, consider the future when you consider your costume. You can guess where this is going. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Go on. (laughs) Although on the outside, you seem carefree. Inside, you're a highly anxious, refreshing Twitter, dreading the memories feature on Facebook. You're waiting to be called out. When are the photos going to resurface? Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) The photos are from the 2011 office Christmas party. Things were different then. Standards were much looser when woke was a verb, not an adjective. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, no. Um, Go on. Is woke... Okay, never mind. Never mind. I guess it is a verb. Just confused on that word there. The theme of the Christmas party was a dress as a favorite news story. It seemed like fun at the time. You meant no harm. I mean, look at the others in the photo, which you keep hidden in a secret file on your computer marked expenses. Your boss, carrying around an enormous rock on his back, is a trapped Chilean miner. (laughs) (laughs) Barry, Barry from HR is dressed as Pippa Middleton's ass. Not Pippa Middleton the person, just her ass. How do you narrow that down? I'm, I don't know what this costume is. If could that costume be. is good enough to be specifically Pippa Middleton's ass without saying the words Pippa, Pippa Middleton on it, mm. uh, then hats off to that man. Mm. Hats off to you, sir. There's your colleague Amanda, wrapped in a blood spattered sheet, Bin Laden's corpse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you, you, I can't say what you wore, but your work wife is dressed as Boko Haram. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. There's a video of her running around the party trying to kidnap all the junior girls <laughs> from the office. <laughs> so she's, she's writing this in the second person, but this mm. is clearly... It's very specific. <laughs> clearly a thing that has happened or an amalgam of things <laughs> that, have, that have happened. And... Um, Bridget, I, I want the photos. I will keep them private. I will not publish <laughs> DM them. DM one of us. We won't put them out. Yep, we will not name our sources. Please, whatever whatever is going on here, I, I need you to tell me. I need you <laughs> to give me this. So a jump into politics has now been ruled out. Looking at you, Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can never be part of uh, public life. Yep, that, yep. <laughs> You could deny it's you under the balaclava, I suppose. 
But when you have Christmas parties now, you never, ever wear a costume. <laughs> oh, God, I want to uh, know what it was. It was 100% blackface. <laughs> I like how she didn't actually specify any blackface in there. But you know she's getting at it. You know well, what she's she thinking. said she blamed Justin Trudeau. So. Oh, that was me. That was purely oh. my commentary. I'm <laughs> okay. sorry. I should have specified. <laughs> oh, I was really worried for a second there. Lovely to hear from Bridget again. Always enjoyable. Poor Bridget. Um, so, let me see here. I think we're going to have to take a quick jump to the mailbag. Mm, please. Before we run out of time. Uh, because, as regular listeners of the show will know, um, we have, uh, like, bonus episodes that we put on our Patreon page. And a while ago, we set a goal... Several years ago, we set a goal that um, if we hit this ridiculous outlandish goal, well, we would get a tattoo of Waluigi, the Nintendo character. We tempted fate, and we shouldn't have done it. We flew too close to the sun. Uh, We hit that goal last month, and so I kicked things off on the weekend by giving myself a tattoo of Waluigi on my leg, streaming it live to twitch.tv slash Vista which you can go and follow if you would like to see future very intelligent things like this. Uh, So that was cool. Um, I got myself a pencil um, and some sewing needles um, from... I went to Spotlight. Some sewing needles. Jesus Christ. Got some India ink. Mm. Got some rubber gloves. Uh, I got some... uh, some Old Spice... Stick deodorant. Why? Uh huh. Be- because when I was looking on YouTube for ghetto ass ways of making a tattoo stencil at home, um, a lot of the recommendations were around like uh, I don't know if you've seen the brand Speed Stick before. Mm. Speed Stick deodorant. Um, so the kind of greeny, translucent colored Speed Stick is the go, and you basically make like a you do your drawing on a bit of paper. Um, and then you sh- like get another piece of paper underneath it and you shade a whole bunch of it in with pencil and then you put the first drawing down over that one and you trace over it kind of hard and that transfers a bunch of the carbon from the pencil to the underside of your thing. You flip the paper, draw over the sort of uh, pencil outline part with pen, stick your speed stick on to the part of you that you have shaved Uh, And then slap the picture down on there. And then when you lift it up a minute or two later, the ink has come off with it, leaving Ah. you with a tattoo stencil. Should clarify, this is not an instructional podcast. Please don't do this. It can be. You can do it too. It can be. Just don't yell at us. Just remember to put the, you've got to put the lighter. um, You've got to get the lighter and sterilize your needles. Get yourself some ink and then just go to town. How'd it go? Did it hurt? No, it was fine. It was fine. Just like getting lightly poked with it. Would it have hurt me? Hundreds of times. Um, I don't know. I don't know what your pain <laughs> threshold is like. Um, also, it's low. I'm going to say it's low. To my knowledge, you have not undergone any normal tattooing. No. Or abnormal tattooing. Hmm. Any, any, any professional tattooing. How about that? Sure. Commercial grade. Whereas Lucy, uh, you have received many tattoos in your day. I have received several. 
Yeah. And so when you're getting like a normal tattoo, it's that they do the outlines and then they do like shading. And if you get color and stuff like that, I think you've got a bunch of color in yours, Lucy. Mm. And it means that like over the course of several hours, they go back over the same areas a whole bunch Mm. of times. Mm. And by the time, like if you are sitting for like three or four hours or something, that's a long afternoon. Starts sure getting a bit is. old. It sucks. You get really over it. You, it's just tiring. It's strangely tiring. Um, so it wasn't like that, and I think it it like heals up faster than a. Really coming around on this, giving myself a tattoo idea. I'm not going to do it. But. It's pretty fun. Not going to lie. Uh, so while I was doing it on the stream, I did ask for people to phone in on the Bunda Vista hotline. People who were watching live, uh, and so leave me a message about this. Um, here's one that we received. Let's check it out. So that crispy Sean and Shaven Val, I said, asked Sean and Craven, vastly groomed and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the nice Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven. <laughs> Seems to be a Waluigi themed message. That one tickled me. Coming through. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's on my leg um so who's next that's the real question um i i mean it's me or it's theo and i think we know the answer to that question (laughs) it could be ben do you really want to be last theo no i i feel like i could like buck expectations by being next but i also have no idea how to uh, do anything in that process, and I don't think we can go through it now. But uh, maybe if you uh, if you know how to make make that happen, um, then email me Theo at buntavista dot com. Um, how to uh, get tattoo? If you have a tattoo gun, go to Theo's house. Mm-hmm. You can work something out. Yep. Um, Front door is normally unlocked. <laughs> Just come on in. <laughs> I'm really thinking about buying a tattoo gun. I've got to be honest with you. Seems easier than the old stick and poke. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. By the time I was, I was like, if I just had a normal tattoo gun, would have been done by now, you know? Hmm. Uh, so, that's cool. Thank you, everybody, for your support. Made that happen. We love yeah, to see it. Yeah, thank you. We're so excited to get Waluigi tattoos on our skin. Yeah, uh-huh. We've actually already hit the next uh, patron goal after oh that, which is to force Theo to upgrade his phone's data cap from two <laughs> gigabytes a every, month. Every time that anybody discovered that I have two, or had now, two gigabytes of data cap, they lose their minds. It's like... It's insane. Uh, I it's only like, just learned this. I could not believe it to be true. It's like the they open the Ark of the Covenant... And inside is is that picture of the Optus menu where it shows you how much data you have. <laughs> it just comes screaming out and like blows everybody's heads up. Um, and for the record, I've been fine. Okay, um, I've been absolutely a okay with this. I download all my podcasts before I leave. I don't watch any videos because that's just. I mean, it's beyond the pale to watch a video on the bus. That's. There's only so much airwaves for the Wigglies to go over. So, mm. I, f- I find myself just living a moral life 
um, minding my own business, and then people just hassle me with their with their whipping words. Um, so I paid two hundred dollars, I think, to break a contract oh for my this. God. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm true to my word, we put it up as a as a goal, uh, and now I have uh, sixty gigs a month. Uh, That's too much. Like two day. It's too much. It's That's in the other direction. I've, oh I've too much. I've like now I'm going to have to live like a libertine, just nude and sweaty on the bus. <laughs> Availing myself of every piece of media on the internet all at once in an array. I'll buy six iPhones side by side and just hook all 60 gig into my brain simultaneously. Uh, Because I don't know what to do with that. If you know how to use data, right? Like, let me know. I've already said my email address. I'm not going to say it again. Tell me how to use data because I don't know. I don't know how to live. Again, I don't think the people on the bus will appreciate that, but... Well, first time for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's it for us for this week, folks. And again, thank you for our support. If you uh, are interested in that sort of thing, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Vista. Five US dollars a month gets you an extra bonus episode every week. And you got to love that. It's good value. If, if you, yeah, if you like the show. Maybe, mm. but if you like, if you hate listen to the show every week, you once probably a week, don't want that. Yeah, I don't once think a week you get your phone out, you put, it, you. <laughs> you put in your mouth guard, start grinding your teeth, <laughs> and put that podcast on. I fucking hate these guys. But if you need twice as much content to get very like willfully mad about, then maybe that you know there's a source for you. Uh, so you can head over there. Unfortunately, the next goal is that I will watch an entire Daisy Cousins live stream from YouTube um, and film myself watching it and suffering the entire time because suffering is art. You know, we love suffering. It's true. I actually wanna... don't. Oh. I hate it. You'll but come to love me. it. Didn't know that you about you. Interesting to learn. Uh, if you want to write into the show, mailbag at buntavista.com. If you would like to call in and leave a message for us to play on the show, possibly respond to, maybe uh, just react with stunned silence. Australian listeners can call in to the Bunta Vista hotline on 1-800-317-515. US listeners, you can call the SEPO hotline on 732-876-3446. And that's it. That's it for us. Thank you very much. We love you. We do love you. See you next week. Try and stay out of the smoke. The shit is bad for you. Mm. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.